Hello and welcome to D23 Inside Disney, the show that gives you a look at the latest Disney news and a peek at the people who make the magic at the Walt Disney Company. I'm D23's Jeffrey Epstein. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And we're your hosts who will take you Inside Disney. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Hello. How's everyone doing? Better now that I'm hearing your voices, that's for sure. <laughs> I think we say that every week and it like literally is true. We every do week, say that yeah. every week. I think I also say happy holidays every week. So happy <laughs> holidays. Happy holidays to you. I've been lighting the menorah. Very exciting. Nice. Oh, and speaking of, I watched, I, I want to say I just consumed it. It was so good. High School Musical, the musical, the holiday special on Disney Me Plus. Too amazing julia lester first of all i just want to hang out with her she was so cool her hanukkah medley was yeah. amazing she and davi Diggs should just go on tour with their like a hanukkah concert i'm seriously so obsessed and olivia rodrigo's river i was like in tears in tears yeah. she can do no wrong i love that julia was like there's no mariah carey hanukkah song like yes here you go yes so funny you know what I also enjoyed was hearing the story that Ryan said about his brother giving his entire savings to his family to move him to LA to start his acting career. I thought that was yeah. so cool, but such a good special. I also um, introduced Enzo to Muppet Babies, guys. So oh, we watched cute. we watched a great episode of Gonzo making best friends with a potato. So there was that. Oh. I was going to say, Sherry, aren't you best friends with a potato? Yes, I am. And it's that same potato that Gonzo is best friends with. So there is one degree of separation and between me and Gonzo, and it's a potato. Such a good Aww. potato. Yeah, big week, big week. On top of that, I interviewed Sophia Carson. But there you go. Better than a potato. Much better than a potato. And Miney's still in, obsessed with Sophia Carson. Evie, I mean, same. does not get better. What about you, Sherry? Well, I finally caught up on... The Disney Family Holiday Sing-Along, and it was so holly, so jolly, just the best. The highlight for me was watching Derek Huff, Haley Herbert, and Julianne Huff sing and dance and work their crazy editing magic that they apparently taught themselves, as we found out from Derek a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was great. Of course, it inspired me to dance around the apartment singing at the top of my lungs. I'm sure my neighbors really appreciated that. <laughs> and stay tuned for even more holiday magic. Later in the show, we get to talk to our pal Becky Klein and Graham Allen, who are co-authors of Holiday Magic at the Disney Parks, a fantastic book chock full of these incredible photos from the parks. You've got your Halloween pics, your Christmas pics, every kind of pic you can imagine. There are literally thousands, and they took thousands more that didn't end up in the book yes and they give away a few secrets like a uh, smallest christmas tree and uh, how they got like 2,000 photos into a book like that's crazy that's amazing well first up we have big news last week coming out of disney our investor day highlighting some of our direct-to-consumer platforms but there were some huge, huge reveals. Now, it would take like three hours for us just to, I mean, the show was four hours. It would take us three just to encapsulate <laughs> all of them. But I think what we should do is highlight our three favorite announcements each. I've been thinking about this because I knew that I was going to ask you guys to do this. So I've already got my three. <laughs> my three are 
Disenchanted, sequel to Enchanted, one of, one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. Absolutely. Oh, I love that movie. I always sing Happy Little Working Song when I'm cleaning around the apartment. Aww. I can totally picture that, actually. That really does not seem like a, a stretch at all. Do like little birds come and help you? I don't know if I could trust an L.A. pigeon to clean up around here, but maybe. <laughs> They're very helpful. Also, Hocus Pocus 2. I have been waiting for this. I have been dreaming of this. I am very excited. (laughs) As well as Harrison Ford returning as Indiana Jones. Wow, wow, wow. I'm so excited. All right, putting you on the spot, Candace. Um, well, it's very hard to pick, but there were rumors about this one. So I'm glad it was confirmed. Cheaper by the Dozen. This is the reboot <laughs> with Kenya Barris and Gabrielle Union. Cool. Anything Kenya does, I'm in for. So that's on my list. Very excited about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, a live yes. action uh, version starring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. And of course, thank you to ESPN Plus for this one, Man in the Arena. This is the nine-part documentary series about Tom Brady and his nine Super Bowls. So, Mm. so stoked for that one. Sherry, what are your favorites? If I had to pick my top three from Investor Day, it's going to be super hard to not just pick Pixar. (laughs) Made a lot of great news. (laughs) One of the Pixar announcements that I am so excited about is Turning Red. Mm -hmm. It's a new feature film from Pixar. Teenage Mai is experiencing the awkwardness of being a teenager with an added twist, of course, because it is Pixar. When Mai gets excited, she transforms into a giant red panda. Awkward. We've all been there. (laughs) This one is coming to theaters March 11th, 2022. I've already marked my calendar. That day is blocked out. I am watching Turning Red. (laughs) Another Pixar announcement that I am super jazzed for is Lightyear. This is also a feature film. It's the definitive origin story of the hero that inspired the toy, Buzz Lightyear, with Chris Evans voicing the most famous space ranger ever. Yeah. I mean, Pixar plus Chris Evans plus Buzz Lightyear. I feel like I'm dreaming. (laughs) yes yes and just because i know it was confusing for some folks when it was announced it was confusing for me when it was announced that the idea was when they created buzz lightyear as a toy he was a toy based on a live action movie that happened that was about a character named buzz lightyear so it's it's not a it is not a tim allen buzz lightyear this is the actual Buzz Lightyear that then inspired the toy voiced by Disney legend Tim Allen, right? Yes. All right. Thank you. Okay. If I had to pick just one more announcement that I am excited for from Investor Day, it would be from Walt Disney Animation Studios, Encanto. This film looks beautiful. It's set in Colombia and it will have new music from the one and only Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yay. We all love him. I am so excited. (laughs) This one's coming to theaters November 2021. I can't wait. Something to look forward to in 2021, along with 2020 just being over. That's something I (laughs) think we're all... (laughs) For the complete details on every Disney announcement and more, you can go to d23.com. There is an exhaustive story that the team put together. Huge shout out to Beth Deichman, Andrew Cook, and Jocelyn Buhlman on that one. So check that out. 
Some other breaking news from Disney Plus, one of our very favorite shows, Earth to Ned, is coming back to kick off the new year with 10 all new episodes. <gasps> Hooray! And the lineup of guests, it is amazing. We got Jennifer Goodwin, we have wow. our really good pal, Yvette Nicole Brown, along oh. with Jack McBrayer. <laughs> Kevin Smith, Aisha Tyler, Penn and Teller, Sherry Shepard, Allison Hannigan, Ben Feldman, Chef Roy Choi, Brenda Song, Mayim Bialik, Margaret Cho, Molly Ringwald, Chris Colfer, wow. Jason Ritter, Tig Notaro. It is amazing. So star-packed. And more Claudes. I'm very excited <laughs> for more Claudes. Same. Yes. All right, guys. So Disney Channel's first ever mystery series, Secrets of Sulphur Springs, is going to debut Friday, January 15th. This one is so exciting because it's a time travel mystery series and you're going to get a special one hour uninterrupted premiere event of the first episode. So that's exciting. Um, my dad is actually born in a town called Sulphur Springs, which is like really weird. So Does he have a secret? I, I don't know. He probably does. I get the mysteries of my dad at some point. <laughs> but this one's leading into the series debut of season five of Bunked. The original cast member, Peyton List, she's going to guest star, if you guys remember. She's going to bring back her role of Emma, which she played in seasons one to three. So I'm excited about that. Sulphur Springs, if you want to know more, it's basically set in the fictional Louisiana town of Sulphur Springs. And it follows 12-year-old Griffin Campbell, whose father moved his family from Chicago to take ownership of an abandoned hotel property in hopes of restoring it. On the first day of the new school, though, Griffin hears rumors that the hotel is haunted by a ghost. And soon he and his classmate discover a secret portal that allows him to travel back in time and uncover clues about the town mystery. To go along with the series premiere, Disney now is going to launch a game called Mystery at the Tremont, which is the hotel there. You can explore Sulphur Springs in an interactive adventure with hidden objects, puzzles, and mini games. And you'll see new episodes of Secrets of Sulphur Springs Fridays at 8 on Disney Channel starting January 22nd. I know Dylan is already very excited to be watching that. I know that I talk about my niece, Dylan, but I feel like she's the, the sort of demo we don't have covered. We've got Enzo, Dylan, yeah. us. <laughs> So true. So true. Well, this one is for everybody, guys. Disney Parks Magical Christmas Celebration. It's going to air Christmas morning at 10 a.m. This one Yay. is hosted by Titus Burgess and Julianne Huff. And they're gonna be hanging out at Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. So Titus and Julianne are gonna to perform together. They'll perform individually. Becky G is gonna perform, Maddie and Tay, Tori Kelly, Trevor Jackson from Grownish. It's gonna be a good time, guys. So hopefully you'll check it out Christmas morning. It's an annual tradition in my household. Right, same Shocker, here. I'm sure. Oh, you know what also will make you happy, though? There's going to be a sneak peek of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, which is coming Yay. next year to Epcot, of course. Well, all right. So between Christmas, your favorite holiday, and the wonderful world of Disney on ABC, we have one more holiday, which I am excited about because it means 2020 is over. And that is Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest on ABC. Yay! Just announced J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, is going to be headlining the show. Yeah, girl. And, and of course, it will include the iconic Times Square ball drop live in New York's Times Square and additional performers, my pal Billy Porter, Cindy Lauper, and Jimmy Allen. It's going to be 
amazing. It's I'm not going out, so I'm going to be watching it. And so definitely tune in on December 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. In other cool news, or should we say out of this world news, <laughs> Star Wars Force for Change first and the Lego group are launching the Lego Star Wars Holiday Contest. Now, this is part of our ongoing collaboration between Disney and Lucasfilm and First. And it's used to introduce students around the world to the basics of robotics and engineering. And using Lego bricks, they'll build unique solutions that teach coding, creativity, and teamwork. And I am so old that while we had creativity and teamwork when I was a kid, coding would have been like, you know, the like the Da Vinci coding. Like, I mean, that's that's uh, it's I'm I'm very old. So you can actually find out a lot more about this at firstinspires.org slash 2021 season. So there's a lot there. And you can also go to the StarWars.com story, look up the Lego Star Wars Holiday Contest. You get all the details. Good luck to everyone. And I've got some more wonderful news from the wonderful world of Disney. I mean that literally. It's ABC's The Wonderful World of Disney film series returning for three Tuesday nights in January. For three weeks, ABC is going to air the broadcast premieres of three iconic classics, including 2019's The Lion King, so epic, Marvel Studios' Captain America The Winter Soldier, also epic, and also epic to me, 2015's Cinderella. Have we talked about how much I love that movie? I don't think we have. Well, I think you may have mentioned it to Kenneth Branagh. I think I think you may have gushed oh, that's a little. Right. I forgot. It's so good. I definitely gushed to Kenneth. I try to like restrain my excitement when we're talking to guests, but when I just love their what they do so much, it's really hard for me to contain myself. So I'm just, I apologize for embarrassing all of us in front of Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you would like to hear Sherry gush, you can go back and listen to our interview with Kenneth Branagh. I think I, I gush too, because he is so talented. Well, in Parks News, Taste of Epcot International Festival of the Arts is coming to Walt Disney World January 8th through February 22nd. Hooray! Yes! This global celebration mixes visual, performing, and of course, my favorite, culinary arts from all around the world. More than 100 Disney and visiting artists are going to display their work. And the cool part is you can show off your own artistic talents and participate in a larger-than-life paint-by-number mural, learn how to draw some of your fave Disney characters, and you can also step right into famous works of art thanks to some really cool and creative photo ops. Jeffrey, I feel like later this afternoon you're going to text us and be like, oh, surprise, I'm back at Walt Disney World. Sherry, one of the things I think you know that I went last year, saw our pal Heidi Blickenstaff and Kara Lindsay perform. The Food, yes, and also Voices of Liberty. They, they're going to be doing this Disney songbook at the American Gardens Theater that's totally new, something new for this year. I don't know if I can make it this year, but I definitely will try and anyone who, who's around should try. I feel like you'll figure it out. <laughs> first <laughs> first episode yeah 2021's first episode you'll basically be there probably we'll see 
Well, Jeffrey, if you do make it to Walt Disney World for this, don't forget to take part in the wonderful walk of colorful cuisine where you'll use your festival passport as a guide to purchase five vibrant food items and receive a complimentary tasty Technicolor treat. Love a complimentary treat. <laughs> and another treat, in fact, five treats. Oh. Our five fantastic things to watch this weekend, courtesy of our friends at D23, the official Disney fan club. For complete details, visit d23.com. <laughs> Candace, what do we have up first? <laughs> that was a very zen intro. Yeah, five fantastic exactly. things this week. <laughs> well, first, guys, Eddie the Eagle is new to the Disney Plus Library Friday, December 18th. So this is all about British athlete Michael Eddie Edwards, who was cut from the Olympic ski team. He ends up traveling to Germany to test his skills at ski jumping and ends up running into a former ski jumper who now works as a snowplow driver, who was so impressed that he agreed to train Eddie. And he ends up taking him all the way to a historic showing at the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary, Alberta. So there you go. I'm excited for that one. Hmm. Also coming new to the Disney Plus library that day, right up my musical alley, Into the Woods, one of my all-time favorite musicals, coming with Meryl Streep, James Corden, Anna Kendrick, Sweet. all the magic, all the beans, and the cow. <laughs> and on the same day, I'm going to be very busy on Disney Plus because it is the season finale, chapter 16 of The Mandalorian, and oh. I cannot get enough of the show. I cannot believe that it's coming to an end. I'm going to have to rewatch the entire season just to sort of like get my fix now. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So good. On the next night, Saturday, December 19th at 10 p.m. on Nat Geo Wild, it is the season finale of Secrets of the Zoo, North Carolina. In this episode, we get to Whoa. meet some otter pups, some pythons, oh. some arctic foxes, all the hits. <laughs> For a moment, I thought you said they're going to be otter pops. And I'm like, an otter pop? Like, uh -huh. do you, like, like a lollipop treats. in the shape of a cute otter? I would love an otter pop right now. <laughs> Maybe I'm just hungry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and on Sunday, December 20th at 7 p.m. on ABC, the sound of music is going to air. Oh. Rogers and Hammerstein's cinematic treasure based on the real-life Von Trapp family. Uh, Jeffrey, I feel like you're going to disown me as a co-host when I oh admit no. this, but no, don't say it, don't I say it, don't say it, don't haven't don't seen say the sound of music. <laughs> what? Harry. I know. Well, now's my chance. I've actually seen it. Wow. Well, I know what you're doing Sunday night, that's for sure. Well, if you've heard Jeffrey sing that, you've basically seen the movie, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our guests, because today we have with us two people I know and loved and have worked with quite a bit. First up, no stranger to the podcast, we have Walt Disney Archives director Becky Klein. And new to the pod is a gentleman who during the day works in the digital space, working on animation and visual effects production and digital media, but by night... He's a big Disney fan and someone I've worked with planning the first great Disney scavenger hunt. And he's also a fantastic writer, Graham Allen. And together, along with Charlie Price, they put together the magnificent new book, Holiday Magic at the Disney Parks, available now at fine booksellers and on Shop Disney. Welcome to the show, Becky and Graham. Well, good morning. 
Yay! Welcome! Great to be here. So happy to have you both on the show. Becky, so I heard that D23 had a hand in the inspiration for the book. Is that right? Yeah, actually, this book came about uh, over 10 years ago. Uh, when D23 first launched in 2009, they had some special Christmas events, and they asked me to write an article about the holidays at the parks and um, do it for the Disney 23 magazine. So I thought, well, you know what, this would be fun, but I'll bring in a friend of mine because Graham Allen and I met doing candlelight at Disneyland many, many years ago. And he is just as big a fan of the holidays at the parks and Christmas in general that, as I am. And so I thought it'd be really fun to co-write this article with him. And so he was all over it and we did it. And afterwards we got to talking about it. We realized that this was, you know, something that should be done on a much grander scale. And I'll let Graham say a little bit more about it too. Yeah, we found so much wonderful material as we were researching that article. Uh, historical photos, also just in capturing some of our own photography for that article, we realized there's so much here that it deserves a book. We thought so much here, we should do a book. And we started talking to the publishing folks. They encouraged us to think bigger than just one holiday. And they introduced us to Charlie who had also been working with them, germinating some ideas around books for holiday time. And they say, you know what? Why don't you, the three of you get together and do something really epic in scale? Let's tackle all of the fall and winter holidays at all of the parks around the world. And to do that, it's going to take more than one pair of hands. So here we are. <laughs> three people, uh, 10 years, uh, a lot of miles in the air, a lot of photographs later. And we have a book to show the world. I love that. Can you guys talk about Walt bringing the holidays to Disneyland for the first time? That must have been so special. Yeah, it was. You know, when they first opened the park in 1955, they were kind of in a situation where they had no money left. They had spent everything they had and borrowed to build the park. And so they didn't have money to celebrate much. But they did have one big idea that Walt had come up with. He wanted a circus. So he decided that he was going to put a circus in at Disneyland with, you know, full on animal acts and trapeze and circus wagons and everything you can imagine. And he thought, well, it'd be fun to launch it at the holiday time. And so that was the big thing for Christmas in 1955 was the Mickey Mouse Club Circus. So always the master of synergy, Walt decided he'd also promote his new children's show that was uh, debuting that fall. So he took the circus idea, the holidays, and the Mickey Mouse Club and mashed it all together into the Mickey Mouse Club Circus. So that was the first big event. And the opening parade for the, uh, the circus was actually on Thanksgiving in 1955. So they had this gigantic event. And then, of course, the finale of the circus included the holidays by bringing in Santa Claus and having a big final holiday number with a big rising Christmas tree and all kinds of fun things. So that was the big event for the season, but they didn't have a lot of other money to do other events. And so they just invited guest choirs and performance groups, singers and dancers, and even kids doing nativity pageants. And they had them throughout the first 1955 season of Christmas from Thanksgiving to New Year's. And they performed in what they called the Christmas Bowl which was a bandstand at Disneyland. They would invite these groups and they would come and perform similar to what we do now with magic music days and things like that. 
but it was uh, easy for them to come by groups that wanted to perform at the brand new park and it didn't cost a whole lot. So that was their secondary event. Wow. Wow. I saw you sifted through 80,000 photographs to get to the nearly 1900 in the book. How long did it take to call down <laughs> 80,000 photographs? Well, in fact, 80,000, that's just the ones that we took ourselves. We, we actually looked at more than that, going through many of the photo libraries around the company, corporate libraries, uh, the photo libraries at each of the resorts around the world. They were amazing in the access they gave us, allowing us to do some diving into folders of slides and drawers of slides that had not been touched in decades in some cases. And I, we actually don't know exactly how many pictures we sifted through <laughs> because it was impossible to keep track of all those you know, drawers of slides. The 80,000 or almost 81,000, that's how many pictures we took ourselves on our travels uh, around the world. Wow. I mean, to answer your question about you know, how do you cull it down, we did make a conscious decision that this was going to be a book telling the story of the holidays through pictures. And so we were looking for images that helped us tell that story. It also lets us showcase the amazing creative team's work. We met so many amazing artists and the people who fabricate and maintain the decor offstage, the people behind the scenes in the entertainment. This is the best way that we can showcase their amazing work is through pictures. But we knew the kind of stories we wanted to tell and finding the images that would tell those stories was how we did the, the filtering down. Yeah, we actually had a wish list, too, of everything that we wanted to represent in the book. And we kept whittling it down. And poor Graham was traveling all over the world, you know, getting that hit list uh, whittled down. <laughs> and uh, I think we managed to do just about everything that we were looking for, didn't we, Graham? Yes, there was only, you know, a couple of things that eluded us because we were simply not able to find photographs. The Christmas tree that Animal Kingdom had in its first year was a very unusual stylized tree that sat uh, right outside the park gates. And we went through many, many photo collections looking for an image and we were not able to. But there was really only a couple of things that we were not able to find. That wish list was long, but we made it through it. <laughs> wow. I still just can't get over the fact that you took over 80,000 photographs. Yeah, I just looked crazy. at my camera roll on my phone and somehow I have 38,000 photos and I guarantee most of them are just useless, unusable photos. <laughs> but <laughs> Becky, how many of the photos from the book came from archives? You know, a good portion of the, of course, the vintage chapters. So there's two chapters in the books that are they begin the holiday sections in autumn and winter talking about the past and, and the historical photos. So most of those came from the archives. You know, obviously they, they had to come from somebody's archive and they came from the Walt Disney archives, most of them. There were a couple pictures that came from Walt Disney World's library. And then, of course, Candlelight was another chapter that had historic roots. So the, the vintage photos in that, a lot of them came from our collection. And then some of them came from the Disneyland and Walt Disney World libraries. Wow. Wow. Graham, I'm curious if you ever totaled up all of your frequent flyer miles during all of this. <laughs> I flew about 166,000 miles for this. Wow. 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 That's incredible. You know, I have to say it was an awful lot of fun doing this. For none of us is this our day job. You know, we all have day jobs with Disney doing, you know, something that helps advance the Disney brand. But doing a, a book like this is not our day job. 
And this was, I think, for all of us, just a real neat, fun project. I will say, as hobby projects go, it is a hobby project that ends up having deadlines. So, you know, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> Getting the chance to visit all of the parks and all of the resorts and, you know, meet the people behind the holidays, celebrations there, eh, it was a pretty neat experience. So we were all measuring this in fun, not in miles or, or photographs or coffee, thank goodness. <laughs> You know, it's always fun too to go to the parks when no one else is there. You know, we got the opportunity because some things had to be shot when there were no guests present in the park, some of the inside the attractions and things like that. And so we had that opportunity to go down and watch them install and to go into the attractions when it was empty. That was a treat for us. It was really fun. Wow. Yeah, we spent three hours inside It's a Small World in the middle of the night. Was the music playing? Well, so we did have some very, very specific asks of the team for that night is we needed show lighting on, animation off, so it didn't blur the pictures, and music absolutely off, right? We we could have survived three hours in there with the music playing as much as we love. It's a small world holiday. We might have been driven completely nuts uh, by that. (laughs) what was the most surprising photo you found in your research surprising gosh you know i found some new photos in the disneyland red books one of the things that the park used to do is they would gather at the end of the year uh, or at the end of an event they would gather all the materials that were used to produce that event and they would bind them into these red bound books that are in the archives they call them the red books And I got the opportunity to go through those red books in detail for the uh, holiday events. And it was really fun for me to find these photos that were in there that had never been, we didn't have the negatives for them. We just had prints. And from what I can tell, they'd never been shown before outside of the publicity for those events in those years. So it was really exciting for me to look through those books and find, you know, thank you notes from Walt to the people who participated and, you know, the run of the show, how they lined up and all these different things. And and I learned so much more about how these events happened, but finding those photos that hadn't been shared before was really, really cool. And I think we put a few of them in there. So I think there's some photos in the book that you have never seen before. And that's because none of us have ever opened up those books and copied them. Wow. Wow. Well, obviously with almost 1900 photos, you covered a lot of ground in the book. My personal favorite is just the whole page of gingerbread men in the Christmas parade throughout the years. (laughs) (laughs) It's page 259 for those flipping through it. Check it out. It's the best. (laughs) You've got to tell them why. Right. Okay. So I was friends with gingerbread man number three in 2013. So (laughs) they hold a special place in my heart. The yellow icing is the one to look out for. (laughs) (laughs) But was there one shot that you loved that for some reason didn't make it into the book? Not just the gingerbread man, just in general. (laughs) (laughs) Graham, you're the one who who dealt with the photos the most. Is there one that you particularly, I mean, there's a few that I would have loved to have in there, but for various reasons, they were left out. Sometimes it was likeness issues and things like that. But most of what I selected got in. There was a few, though. Hmm. Yes, I mean, I think it's a big book. And, you know, if you've picked it up, you know, you can do some bicep curls with it. It's You can. <laughs> you could cause some <laughs> severe damage. And actually, I think it is as large a book as the publishing group does. It ended up being a little bit of a constraint that there was only 384 pages. 
So, yeah. you know, when, when you ask me, you know, what do I, you know, wish I'd been able to put in, it's not so much that it's something that we just, you know, couldn't put in. It's something, things that there wasn't room, enough room to put in. And it's because we did want to cover everything. So every park is in there, every resort hotel around the world, including the vacation club properties in Alani and Vero Beach and Hilton Head. All four of the cruise ships are in there. And so when you start to have to find space for all of that, you run out of space. <laughs> I visited Vero Beach. I was there for just 24 hours to shoot their Christmas decorations. But I was so impressed with, that they had adopted a turtle theme. Their decorations were all turtles of some wow. form or another, representing the sea turtles that nest on the beach there each year. I thought it was a really clever idea. And there was just dozens and dozens of gorgeous, different turtle ornaments all through the resort. And yet there's only room in the book for a half a page (laughs) (laughs) on on Vero Beach. You know, firework shows. I'm a sucker for a good firework show. And, you know, I would have loved to have, you know, had two or three more pages of fireworks photographs and or nighttime parade photographs. And there just wasn't enough room and that was some of the toughest decisions that we had to make you know becky will remember that we would sit down and say well we have room for 10 (laughs) and we have 20 here (laughs) which 10 are we going to choose because we just don't have room to put them all in well sherry love the gingerbread men becky i think you and i may be on the same page with this as at least a top one i'm guessing for you is that image of the star being lowered onto the matterhorn at disneyland with santa directing it Yeah, that's absolutely one of my favorite photos. And mainly because when I was a kid, that was the first thing everybody always looked for when you're driving down the highway headed for the park. The first one to see the Matterhorn got to choose the first ride we went on, that kind of thing. (laughs) So, of course, at Christmas time, the star was up there. And so it was even easier to see. And you saw it earlier. Mm. That was something that was very special to me was seeing that star up on top of the the Matterhorn and always waiting for it to get dark and the, the star would light up. And so that picture of Santa Claus receiving the star on top of the Matterhorn is one of my favorite holiday pictures. God bless Graham. I told him that. And so he made it a, you know, a full page. <laughs> <laughs> and Graham, did you have a favorite? Uh, you know, it's hard to pick just, you know, one favorite among all your children. But, uh, but if you were going I, to. Yeah, so <laughs> if you talk to anybody, you know, in a creative space about their favorites, it's usually not just the image or the, or the product. It's the story behind it. And so some of my favorites are the firework shots because of how interesting a challenge it is to get those shots. Because you only get one chance per night <laughs> to get, get the, <laughs> the picture you want. And, you know, they're generally long exposures. They're multi-second exposures. And, you know, you've watched the show over and over again on YouTube to try and get it in, imprinted on your brain so that you trigger the shutter at just the right moment to get just the right set of fireworks, you know, in just the right moment. And if you miss it by, you know, a tenth of a second, then you have to come back tomorrow and try again. Hmm. There's a handful of firework shots in the book that I think we're particularly proud of because I was able to get the moment, the right moment in the show. Those are my favorites, I think. He also made multiple trips going to get particular photos. One photo in particular from the Haunted Mansion, from Haunted Mansion Holiday that took him several trips to get it just right. You want to describe that one, Graham? With Haunted Mansion Holiday, there was a magnificent figure of Jack Skellington on the mansion gatepost at Disneyland. 
And it turns out that that figure gets just the right angle of morning sunlight for a very short window of time <laughs> each morning. It took maybe four visits to get just the right shot. Thankfully, Disneyland is handy. <laughs> and so, you know, <laughs> pop down there a few days in a row. You also want the weather to be good. You know, it, it's we're lucky in Southern California that we get a lot of sunshine. But, you, you know, it does have to be a sunny day, the right kind of sun the right angle of sun to get the right photographs. If I can interject here too, you talk about the weather. One particular night we were down shooting Disneyland for the Halloween events, and we were trying to get a picture of Space Mountain lit up as it is for Ghost Galaxy. And fortunately, the picture is in the book and you can see it, just as Ty Popko, one of our friends who is an excellent photographer and was helping us out, he was shooting the picture and there was a big bolt of lightning that's wow. got it does it hit so amazing so, yeah so when you look in the halloween section find the picture of space mountain and you can see the lightning bolt in the background i only looked at the christmas one so now i gotta go back <laughs> the same <laughs> <laughs> and so that's serendipity that particular but we want to do a shout out to ty because he was so wonderful in helping us going down many times and using his amazing skills as a photographer to, to make the book yeah, he embraced this project with such good humor because some of our hours were a little antisocial. <laughs> yeah. Watching the install of the Christmas tree at Disneyland, that's an all-night undertaking. We were there from midnight to 7 a.m., which is a, a fascinating thing to watch. It's quite complicated, actually. Lots of big cranes. It was an all-nighter an all at Disneyland that night. So I saw something interesting that the smallest Disney tree is four inches. Where is that? How do I get one? Can you tell me, please? Well, Candace, that particular tree is in storybook land. So I don't know if you'd be able to get one. I think it's a one. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Uh, well, okay. I'm a big Disney parks fan in general, but I'm especially a big Disney parks snack fan. <laughs> what do you think is the best holiday snack? Oh, um, my favorite is the shingles on the gingerbread house at Grand Floridian. Ooh. Mm. Well, see, Becky, I think the ones of the contemporary taste better. They're very different. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sam? Well, uh, I'm a sucker for anything uh, chocolate. And I will mm. say that the the ganacherie at Disney Springs does some rather Ooh. awesome uh, holiday-themed chocolates. So if I'm going to invest some holiday calories, that's probably where I'm going to try. <laughs> Good answer. Well, Becky, since you've been on the show before, you know we always end each show asking about a favorite Disney memory. But since you've already answered that, we're going to ask both of you, what are your favorite Disney holiday memories? Uh, you know, I think the very first time that I experienced snow on Main Street was probably so magical. And, you know, being a Southern California girl, I don't get snow often. I'm not I'm not like Graham, who comes from an area that gets lots of snow. Um, <laughs> I, but standing on Main Street and listening to that beautiful music and having it snow was probably, you know, right up there. Graham? I have to say my Favorite Christmas memories, holiday memories at the parks are A, the Main Street experience, just having the music playing, the smells wafting from the bakery, uh, a hot tea, a cookie, and sit on a park bench and watch the world go by. If I had to pick one moment, the very first time I was at Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party in Florida and experienced the 360 degree fireworks show, 
no concept that it was coming. I had never seen anything like it before. And I, it was just such a spectacle to be surrounded with. I've never forgotten that moment. Oh, I love the holidays. <laughs> Me too. Thank you two so much. Becky, it's always f fabulous to have you on the show. Yes. <laughs> And everyone should go out immediately and get this book. It is beautiful and very heavy. Um, and it is only very heavy because it has so many amazing photographs and great stories that, that Becky, Graham, and Charlie have put into it. So congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. much. And have a very happy holiday. Yeah, happy holidays to all your listeners. Happy holidays. I love getting all of those details, those insider bits on like how they put it together. Plus, I actually got to see some of that stuff when I was at Walt Disney World. So that was very, very cool. Thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.